you've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. If you'd like to get a psychic greeting, give us a call, 1-800-336-2225. 1-800-336-2225. Is God a pacifist? Should we, as spiritual people, promote war? You know, it's kind of an interesting thing because I think the biggest threat on the planet today, hands down, no question about it, is the Islam, the radical Islam people. And some people, you know, when we say to them, you know, there's a lot of folks that believe that Islam is actually the Antichrist, then there's this reaction by a number of people. Well, I know some Islam people that are very nice people. And sure, I'm sure we all have. No yeah. question about it. But that isn't kind of the point. The point is, is that every single Islam, if they were doing exactly what their religion dictates, they would all be be being terrorists. Did you that's, know that? That's the truth of that's it. That's strong, solid in their Koran. On Saturday, uh, we have a guest coming who's written a lovely book. Actually, it's a scary book, talking about this and how... Uh, when you really start to read the Koran and read what it says, what it says is this. You can read it right there. You can read it, and we're going to put this on the show Saturday. It says, you have a duty to promote Islam and get every person on the planet to be an Islam. And people who don't convert, you have a duty to kill them. It also says, if you kill a fellow Muslim, then you must answer to God. But if you kill a non-Muslim, you don't have to answer to anybody. Because if they're a non-Muslim, they ain't worth the breath they're taking. No worries, mate. That's right. So, you know, so while there might be, uh, nice Islam people, if they were truly following the word of their religion, they would be a terrorist. And terrorists is a that they are a big problem. These days, the Islams are always fighting, killing, or overtaking somebody. All over the world, they're doing this. It's their creed. It's their disposition. Once again, I read this at the beginning of the show. What do you often see Islamic terrorists do before they commit mass suicide murder? Pray to Allah. Do you think there might be something inherently wrong with this religion? You know, we're saying a taboo here. We've studied up each side one way and the other way, upside. There's something inherently tremendously wrong with this religion because they have imbued in it all over the place, written all over the place about taking over the world as part of the political religious uh, stand. You know, this goes back to that God has born from God the dark and the light. And, you know, you might think, well, all religions are of the light, but it isn't true. Islam certainly isn't of the light. If you go back and read about Muhammad, you know, they make a big deal about how he channeled the entire book. <laughs> I read further on this. And he did channel the book, but he would, the whole time he was doing it, about a two-year period of time, he was demonically possessed. He was possessed. That's right. Demonically. That's right. He did all manner of horrific things during this period. When you want, if you want to compare that to say, I don't know, Jesus or Buddha or, or an average person. <laughs> Jeez. You know, it's a pretty big difference. So if we're going to be spiritual warriors, 
you know, we need to be defending ourselves against the dark. And this isn't just on earth. This is all throughout the universe. There are spiritual warriors everywhere. On many levels. You know, take, for instance, uh, we're talking about pacifism. Take what's going on in Burma, what they call it Myanmar. Now, I always love the name Burma. I, I don't know why it got switched back. Anyhow, so we have the coup there heavily backed by the, it's a military coup, and they've run the government and, and haven't served the people, tremendously backed by the Chinese, and thousands of Buddhists are protesting, and they're being killed and imprisoned one by one by one by one. So, you know, does pacifism work? Which, by the way, the Dalai Lama says this. The Dalai Lama is a Buddhist. By the way, a Buddhist who lost his country. Two other terrorists, the Chinese, who are known for being terrorists here and there and yonder. The Dalai Lama, a Buddhist, though it might be said that he is also not taken uh, though it must be said that he also has not taken a purely nonviolent position, recently acknowledging that it might indeed be necessary to fight terrorists with violence and withholding his judgment regarding the war in Iraq. On a further note, there is Gandhi who says even Gandhi believed that complete nonviolence was impossible in this world, convinced that there, is, there was some inherent violence even in the will to live. The best we can do, he felt, is to minimize the violence that we commit during our sojourn in flesh. So more on Gandhi. Um, I read some extensive articles. And um, Britain, before India uh, got its independence, was owned by Britain. India was one of Britain's colonies. Britain was in several wars and skirmishes, big time. And other significant factors too, and it, it, all these things caused them to pull out of India. Britain was considering pulling out of India for some time, um, but they had um, they were concerned about, you know, like what's going on in Africa that India would implode, which it did. It, it, it splintered into India and Pakistan because the leadership was not strong enough. Of course, you got a lot of evil people running around with all kinds of weird thoughts going crazy in their heads. Somebody took out Gandhi. So you're also dealing with a country, Britain, which is more fair-minded in, in a humane system than many, which is a huge factor in itself with India getting freed. So Mahatma Gandhi simply paid, played maybe a fourth or fifth factor in, in why Britain really pulled out of there and gave them their independence. And they were concerned, and what they were concerned about, about them imploding, happened. And think if it was Germany during World War One or Two, Japan during World War Two, China these days, Russia these days or then, or Islamic terrorists. Uh, they certainly, you know, they would have just killed Gandhi. They would have, you know, like they have okay killing lots of people all the time. So it's a whole different thing with the the country Britain because they're a more humane, civilized, peace-loving country. Not completely, but they were way more this than, than a ruthless dictator type. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts 
offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to give us a call for a psychic reading, call us at 1-800-336-2225, 1-800-336-2225. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. I would like to read uh, a very interesting article this was uh, from April 1, 2004, Negotiating with the Devil. The moral dilemma of it and when to use violence took on almost mythic proportions during the Rwandan genocide. At one point during the crisis, Canadian General Romero Dallaire, the UN commander overseeing peacekeeping operations in the small African country, decided to meet with the leaders of the Hutu extremist masterminds of the brutal ethnic killings that were consuming the country and taking the lives of tens of uh, 10,000 people every day. Dallaire was trying to determine if there was any way to work with them to bring about a ceasefire in the ongoing civil war and maybe to mitigate or slow down the genocide. But the general found himself confronted with an ethical crisis as he stood face to face with the killers of Rwanda. So here was his experience. This is amazing. The first meeting was in the diplomat hotel that had been partially bombed out. It was being used as the extremist headquarters in Kijali. There were three Rwandas who stood up when I entered. As I was looking at them and shaking their hands, I noticed some blood spots still on them. And all of a sudden, they disappeared from being human. All of a sudden, something happened that turned them into non-human things. I was not talking with humans. I didn't see humans anymore. I was totally overcome by evil. These three guys brought evil into reality, and with my religious background, the only way I could understand that was the devil. That son of a bitch had come on earth in that paradise and literally taken over. And these three guys were right, were the right hand people of Lucifer himself. My instinctive reaction had me starting to pull my pistol because I was facing evil. I wasn't facing humans. I was facing something that had to be destroyed. It even became a very very difficult ethical problem. Do I actually negotiate with the devil to save people, or do I wipe it out, shoot the bastards right there? I haven't answered that question yet. Boy, how tormentuous and... Can you imagine being in that situation? No. How awful. Yes. This is not different. This is in 2004. This is not different from the Islam people who are trying. You know, this is genocide. You know, in a way, that's what the Islams are doing sure is they genocide. Are. The rest of the world. That's right. Just that's sick. right. That's and right. First of all, if they can, um, is, is the Jews. Should we as spiritual people promote war? Absolutely. Not like start war for no reason. For instance, let's go start a war so we can have a bigger country. Like, let's have the Americans go wipe out Canada so we have a bigger slice of the earth. Which is See, what Russia does, what China does, that's right. what the Islams are doing, and the, and yeah, the, it, 
And Hugo Chavez, that type of person. The Islams are not doing it so much for land as they're doing it so that everybody becomes Islam. They take over the whole thing. But my my point is here, Keith, is like, for instance, you know, uh, starting a war for the purpose of, say, getting more land is stupid. You know, this isn't what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual warriors. Right. Spiritual warriors, we're talking about taking out the people that are doing things that are completely inappropriate, like genocide. It is inherent uh, in the stronger nations that are trying to be good and the, the good people to gradually uh, establish and hold the peace for the rest of the world. You know, you got the stronger nations. That's what the United States is trying to do. You see us taking over any countries? No. I mean, we could just go do it, and, and it wouldn't be such a fight. We're trying to do it humane, fair, and, and give the people the power to run their country. Fairness is the only way that you can make this happen, where you can have the world go in peace, is fairness. And that can't favor one country. It's got to favor everybody. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. I'd like to read this story before we run out of this section here. This is like, the last story was like profoundly evil, and this is profoundly enlightened. So it's, uh, you know, giving a balanced uh, view here. I was in Sri Lanka in 1974, and it was a very hot day. I was sitting at Bawa's bedside. He was very old, and his center was made up of a cement floor, a corrugated steel roof, and in the courtyard, about 10 yards from where his bed was, there were a variety of animals, goats, turkeys, dogs, cats, and even a deer that had followed him out of the forest. The deer used to be so attentive uh, when he would sing and pray. His day consisted mostly of sitting on his bed and giving advice on understanding the wonder and beauty of God. Now, because he was a respected saint, people often attributed many things to him, maybe things that should not have been attributed to him, both good and bad, in their lives. So one day while I was there, a fellow came in absolutely shaking with rage, filled with the spirit of violence and hatred. As I was sitting right by the bed, and this guy, I, and I was sitting right by the bed, and this guy pulled out a, a knife, the kind of knife that you use to cut bamboo. He pulled it out, and he was screaming. I understood that there was some tragedy had befallen his family, and he was blaming this saint for the tragedy. Now I was close to him, close enough that I believed I could have sucker punched him. He wouldn't have expected it. He would have never seen it coming. But my conscience said, no, it's not for me to step in in front of the sage. I'm here purely as a student, and it's not for me to interfere. You must understand that the kind of love that Baha generated in me, so this was a very profound position that I was in, but I knew deeply that I wasn't supposed to do anything. I had to watch this and not engage. Now, Bawa attributed all beauty, goodness, and wonder, and the many miracle, miraculous events that happened in creation only to God, and never centralized any wondrous events on him. He did not do any miracles as a way of promoting the value of wisdom. He promoted the supremacy of love and the knowledge of God of the nature of consciousness as the pathway to human realization. 
However, in this instance, he opened his arms fully wide. He had no shirt on. And he leaned his neck uh, backwards, exposing himself fully to this flood of violence, and looked with the most melting eyes of gentleness at this assailant and said, My brother, will taking my life give your soul the peace it is seeking? Hmm. It was as if the molecules in the room began to scintillate and vibrate with this power of love. That love just filled the space we were in like a tangible presence, and the man with the knife became like a puppet whose strings had been cut. He collapsed on the ground, dropped his knife, and gazed at the sage's eyes. Bawa then embraced him with such kindness and motherly absorption and said, Go home and clean yourself. Come back, my child. I've had a similar experience twice that I'll share when we come back. Profound, uh, unconditional love. Uh, You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. We will be right back. 